0: Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, episode 16 of 43.6, the sports podcast that you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo, I'm first for once. (laughs) You are first for once because Discord kind of flipped you guys around on me because Maddie actually has a camera on today. So. That is a step in the right direction, a step towards a potential YouTube version of this show, but maybe that's coming in the next couple of weeks. We will see. That all depends on the man on the bottom of my screen, and that's James Key. Hello, James.
1: Man of many hats, jack of many trades, if not all. Audio producer, video producer. Sound like a regular Kevin Bennett over here.
0: You sound like uh, Alan Taylor over there.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Kevin Bennett's won more titles, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm going to stick with Kevin Bennett.
0: Okay, that you can certainly do. And we are going to try to stick to the topics of conversation all around the world of sports this week. And those topics will be the Major League Baseball trade deadline, Bill Russell, CFL, Kyler Murray, and Zion Williamson with their funky contracts. Deshaun Watson got some uh, quote unquote quote, disciplinary uh, action based on w- what he's been accused of. We'll talk a bit about that. And Similarly, along the same lines, we also want to talk about Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon and that Vince McMahon has officially retired from his position with WWE. So all that and a whole lot more coming up this week on 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Make sure you follow us at 43.6 on all social media platforms. But before we get to the top sports news stories of the week, we'd like to discuss our previous week. I wasn't here last week, so I have... Two weeks of information that I have, I don't know about you guys. So, James, Matty, what have you been up to for the past two weeks? Well,
1: I hosted a podcast uh in your absence. Well, I'm
0: aware I- you. So, yes, thank you guys <laughs> for filling in last week on episode 15. I was unavailable, so I appreciate you guys doing the show without me last week. But yes, yeah,
1: I, w- I took my kid to Sky Zone, and if you've never been to Sky Zone. No um, It's a trampoline park. And I tell you, man, it is a full body. Jumping is a full body workout that nobody, I think, even recognizes. Or, like, it doesn't get enough credit. Like, the respect on trampolining as an exercise is definitely not there. Dude, within 15, 20 minutes, I was destroyed. Like, sweating. My abs are just... Or the, where my abs well, should be or could be how do you if think, I worked hard enough? How do you
0: think Dennis Stamp stayed in shape all those years?
1: <laughs> it's got to be it. Speaking, But speaking of the pro wrestling tie-in, I, remember, I don't know if you were there in the early days of Smash, but we went...
0: I was 100% there.
1: Oh, when Josh murdered the kid in dodgeball?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah so, so Josh Alexander, where we were playing trampoline dodgeball, and he smoked the kid in the face with a dodgeball.
1: Killed him. Murdered him um i may call of, him
0: the walking weapon for a yeah,
1: best day bouncing weapon the best day of my life uh, after my kid was born was watching josh just dis- demolish this child in uh, trampoline dodgeball but the ironic thing is i was telling someone that story and then i looked to my left and his wife and kids are there so i texted josh i was like hey man not to be a creep or anything i know you're at starcast but uh I see your family right now. <laughs> this guy <is> so... <laughs> and I just told the story about you murdering that kid. And he was like, oh, you guys are the same one? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's, that's wicked. So good memory.
0: And that's... Uh, shout out to Josh Alexander. I know we do shout outs at the end of the show. And I probably <laughs> should have mentioned that uh, we have that on the topics of conversation this week. And he's actually not on my list of shout outs, but still shout out to Josh Alexander, who had a hell of a match with uh, Jacob Fatu last night as we're recording this. And... A hell of a moment with Diamond Dallas Page, too. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but DDP Dude, and Josh Alexander in the ring. Like, like where, That was cool as hell, man.
1: Like if you if you think about where Josh came from and the amount of work he's put in and the setbacks and the hurdles he had to overcome. And like last night he was in the ring with Diamond Dallas Page, Afatu, uh, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers on a show with Defending the Impact Championship on a show with Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, like just think about, like that's, dude, like you're. There's only really one more step for him to to achieve. Like there's, when you think about what you can achieve in pro wrestling, uh, like even and the best part is he's his own. Like he's technically his own boss, right? Like for the most part. So like there's, in the world of accomplishments, there's not much further for him to go, which is crazy. So, yeah, your yeah. shout-out is completely warranted in that regard. But that's all I've been up to.
2: Maddie? Uh, Honestly, I've built so much IKEA furniture. <laughs> as Jim knows, we've been using his his uh, place of habitat to uh, dispose of all the cardboard. It's a lot. <laughs> um, Yeah, I've never built more IKEA furniture in my life. And when this is all said and done... I'll only ever need to go back to eat. Like I'll never <laughs> want to go back for anything else. I No furniture, no lighting. Fuck it. I'll go to Pottery Barn or some shit. I don't care. I'm sick. I'm getting sick of IKEA. So, a lot of that. Um, yeah. No. Honestly, outside of that, I'm leading a pretty boring life right now. I
0: feel like there should. There's a business opportunity there for someone to be like IKEA builders now i there know is. you probably have an option to go into ikea and be like yo i want this assembled and just ship it to be assembled yeah. but i imagine there's got to be a third party All service there is. where you'll have some two dudes go into your house and build it for you for a cheaper yeah, price it's, it's called jiffy
1: yeah the jiffy app will do it but there's also like you can you go on like Kijiji. they're like we'll assemble your ikea furniture yep. like yeah. which is also really kind of fucking creepy just hey dude on kajiji come, come assemble my ikea furniture you know because like like it's not like your normal it's not like your normal buy and sell right like if you buy something on Kijiji it's an exchange and and it's goodbye but then if someone's coming in to like assemble their shit or your shit they're like hanging out in your place though my brother told me a wicked Kijiji story today that made me laugh (laughs) so fucking hard can you (laughs) share that Without names. Yeah,
2: maybe I'll save that. Maybe no, maybe I'll save that for the shout out at the end. Yeah, i okay, do funny. that. Yeah, I'll do but that. it's it, it is a funny Kijiji story. See, but with, that's a tease. That's a tease, and then
1: you have to listen to the whole you gotta get to the end to hear the story.
2: But um, like,
0: as as you guys are talking, I was just pulling up the uh, Major League Baseball trade tracker and the first advertisement that I have on this website is for Fiverr. So that's how quick this stuff goes, man. As soon as you say one thing into a microphone, you got ads for it.
2: Uh, So I got to be very careful what I say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, but like with the Ikea thing, um, what you were saying with the Kijiji, that's one of two things happen there. That's either staging a plot for a porno or how serial killers find their targets. For sure. Like It's one of two things.
1: That's like yeah, like even movers, like movers as a service, they're they're out, they're in, and then they're out. Like it's not like if someone's building, they're just hanging out there, and that's weird to me. Like,
2: yeah, I don't think I could feel comfortable. Some dude just sitting in my living room just building IKEA furniture, and he's you know like his ass hanging out of his shorts, and you know he probably smells of fucking rotten onion and shit.
1: Because it's no, not like a profession. Like it's not like a painter or a build. Like it's. It's just, yeah, it's it's super weird.
2: I like how you're gonna say, it. it's not a profession, not like a painter or a builder, but it's exactly <laughs> what he is.
1: No, but you know what I mean, like a like a like the guy who did your door.
2: trade. You got a trade, right?
1: So yeah, you know either.
2: what? Fuck our but, shit,
1: dude. You've been gone for two yeah. weeks. You were sharing we pictures of galaxies. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge and shit. So give us a rundown.
0: So yeah, if you don't know, I was in Disney World for the past week or so. And not just Disney World, but I went to Universal Studios as well. So, I mean, TNA. It's, it's a, it's a TNA. long story. <laughs> yeah, You know what? Last time I was in Universal Studios, I did see a TNA taping. And like Kevin Nash was there and Sting was there. It's just <laughs> a, a different time back then.
2: Sounds like a retirement show.
0: I mean, in a lot of ways, it could have been seen that way back in those days of TNA, where it was back with the main event mafia. All those guys were just the old dudes, like Scott Steiner and Booker T and and Kevin Nash and Sting, and and plus being in Florida too, I think added to the fact that it felt like a <laughs> like a retirement promotion. But yeah, so it was a long week, and there's a lot to go through. So I, I won't go through all of it, but like we went to Universal Studios and we did all the Harry Potter stuff, and that was fun. I uh, Universal Studios did a really good job to make those parks look very. I mean, you feel like you're in the world of Hogwarts. Harry Potter.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah, hold on. Before, like before, before you get there, is that your first time being there?
0: In the wizarding world of Harry Potter? Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay, my wife's done it like three times. She's <laughs> obsessed. It's
0: really cool. And like, yeah. I'm not even the biggest Harry Potter fan. I've, I had, I have not read the books. I've read the first one and I've seen all the movies, but like it's, I'm not a huge, huge Harry Potter fan or anything. My niece is a huge fan. So she's like, it, like she was just over the moon with it. But for me, it's cool. And I appreciate like how much effort they put into it to make it feel the way it does. And I had some butter beer and we took the Hogwarts Express back and forth from Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. And we, I mean, I did the wand ceremony, but like, obviously, they didn't pick me. They picked the little girl in the front, which I'm fine with. Like, it's for the kids. I'm just there to watch. And so, yeah, we did all the Harry Potter things. That was fun. We went over to the Simpsons area in Springfield and I got myself a Krusty Burger and a Flaming mo. That was a fun experience. I, I, I don't know if you're supposed to take the cup with you, but I took the cup with me. So I have a Flaming Moe cup around here now.
2: I would expect you to take the cup even if you're not supposed to right <laughs> it's like the amw mug root beers like they are the root beer mug they say no please don't take them but everyone fucking takes them
0: in the cupboard beside my fridge there is probably a dozen or more beer glasses of like alexander keith's and stella and guinness and canadian and the light from various bars throughout the years that i definitely paid for dustin's Eclepto klepto confirmed yeah <laughs> And then the next day we went to, so for the way it went down, like my sister who had the small child didn't show up until a few days later. So the rest of the adults who came in like a few days prior, we did more of the adult like parks. So we went to Universal Studios in the first day and then we went to Hollywood Studios the second day. And that's where Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is. And okay, so here's the pro tip for Disney. It's kind of a a thing you have to wrap your head around. So they had, so their fast pass, they call it Genie Plus. Mm -hmm. And you can buy a ticket, at least I could at the time buy a ticket to the park that included Genie Plus. But I think now you have to buy a ticket to the park and individually add Genie Plus later. Whatever. So Genie Plus is their fast pass system. So you can skip the line of most rides with Genie Plus but you can only use it like every hour and a half. Like if I book one ride at nine o'clock in the morning, I can't book another Genie plus ride until like 1130 or something. So you have to be very strategic about it. Like very strategic about it. Now, in addition to that, and when I, when I said Genie plus works on most rides, there's one ride. There's one ride in every park where Genie plus does not, is not used or not allowed to be used because it's too long of a line and it's too high demand of a ride. So if you want to skip that line, they call it the individual lightning lane. And the individual lightning lane costs you like an extra 15 bucks or something. So you pay specifically to go on that ride or you pay specifically to skip the line of that ride. You can, you're more than welcome to stand in line and wait. But most of the time, those rides are two hour waits all day. And it's Florida in fucking July. So it's like 45 degrees at all times. So, our perfect day in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, we took the individual lightning lane for Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. We got that at like 8.50. So the first thing we did when we got to the park, we went right to Galaxy's Edge, and we walked on uh, the Millennium Falcon ride, Smuggler's Run. Because everyone when they go into... Uh, Hollywood Studios. They are either going to wait in line at Rise of the Resistance because it's going to be like a two-hour wait, or they're going to go wait in line. If you're slightly younger, you're going to wait in line at uh, Mickey Ma- Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, or you're waiting in line at the Toy Story ride, uh, Slicky Dog Dash. So there's three rides in that park that are like two-hour waits all day. Most people went to Rise of the Resistance, the Star Wars one, but yeah, there's a Toy Story one and the Mickey and Minnie one. So we booked our Lightning Lane, our Genie Plus Lightning Lane, for the Mickey and Minnie ride at like 8, 8.50 or whatever. We also had an 8.50 reservation for Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. So we get there at 8.30. We walk on Smuggler's Run. We do that ride. Awesome. Then we go to Mickey and Minnie. We get that one done. Awesome. Then we walk back over to Rise of the Resistance, get that one done. And it's like 9.30 in the morning, and we've done the three... Big rides. The three of the biggest rides that I wanted to do. And we're like, okay, cool. Now we can just chill. So that's my advice for Disney. Get that Genie Plus. Get the individual one if you really want to ride those big rides. And just bang all those out in the morning when no one's there. And then you just have a chill day for the rest of the day. And my chill day for the rest of the day was just walking around Galaxy's Edge, having the the, the wacky popcorn and drinking blue milk and you know, if you wanted to, this is the time to build a lightsaber and build a droid and do all those things and take pictures with the Millennium Falcon and all those things. How much and was then it to build the lightsaber? other pro tip, here's the other big one. Disney, like food at Disney, like if you want a sit-down restaurant at Disney, you have to Epcot. book that shit. Epcot, Disney, like any of their parks. If you want a sit-down meal in one of the restaurants, you have to book it like almost six months in advance to get an actual time that you can use. A lot of times like if you're booking it later, like you might find something, but it'll be at like eight o'clock or four o'clock, or it's a restaurant you didn't necessarily even want to go to. So six months in advance. But for the Star Wars Cantina bar, the number the best time to do it is the nine thirty reservation. And that's what we got. And the best the reason why we got that one, the park closes at nine. So when you show up for your reservation, the rest of the people are gone. And it's nighttime on the planet Batu in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and there's no one there anymore. And you can take all these dope pictures with like the lit up Millennium Falcon and the X Wing and all the like everything there just looks so cool at night and there's no like people all over the place and strollers ramming into your kneecaps and it's just nice and calm and quiet. And you can take all these pictures, it's fantastic. You go into the, the Cantina bar too, is amazing. The robot DJ spinning tracks, and he actually—they actually play like the actual Cantina song, and they play all these other awesome songs. And the cocktails are cool. And, anyways, yes, uh, definitely worth going to Disney World just for Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. And then the the, ver- the next few days was you know the other parks. But the uh, the other cool things that we did, and again, it comes down to that st- those stupid individual lightning lanes that you have to buy for fifteen bucks. The one at Magic Kingdom was the Snow White ride, which I didn't go on. So I I saved money there. Um, The one at Epcot is the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It was basically a roller coaster. Fucking amazing. It was like so fun. Highly recommend that one. And then at Animal Kingdom was the Avatar ride, Pandora Flight of Passage or whatever. Also really cool. So all of the ones, save for Magic Kingdom, because I didn't go on it. So I don't know if it was good or not all of those rides that you had to pay additionally for i would say was well worth it cuz it was like a 2 hour wait which i didn't want to do and it's also very 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 hot at this time of year in florida so waiting in those lines it it would have ruined the whole experience of that ride the fact that i was able to just walk on these rides was worth all the money that they were charging for and each of those rides had like a real wow factor at some point all those rides it was like holy shit this is amazing
1: but how much was it to build the lightsaber
0: i don't know because i didn't try to do it wasted yeah you know, maddie was giving me shit about this before wasted we trip. started recording as well wasted trip okay so here's the thing i didn't i didn't get proof the lightsaber there. because
1: <laughs> Pro- prove you were there show us your lightsaber
0: i have Just i have Grogu pants <laughs> oh, i have, I have a little grogu here that so right. I, that's proof that i was there i suppose um, but yeah, so the lightsaber thing. So here's the thing with Disney and any theme park, really. There's a lot of cool souvenirs that you can buy, but you Hold also did you get
2: have a to license plate.
0: I did not get anything Bort related. <laughs> Damn. Although there was a lot of Bort things, like there was like little name yeah. tags that Bort on it. it. was very clever. Yeah. Pretty much anything you can think of, like oh, I wonder if they have this thing. That would be cool. Yeah, they probably have it.
2: That's funny. But yeah, That's cool. sorry, continue, you were saying?
0: Uh, yeah, so any of these theme parks, you have to keep in mind, and also the temperature, again, keep in mind the temperature. Everything you buy, you have to carry it around all fucking day, right? Yeah. So this lightsaber, it comes in a case, but the case is like, I don't know, like four feet long? We're going to so? carry this stupid case around all day? Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> no, I'm no. not. And, and here's another thing. You also Man, have to consider, thing. and maybe... <laughs> Maybe our, our listeners in the United States, and I know there's hundreds of you now, um, <laughs> there's there's probably less of a concern for someone who is not traveling internationally. Yeah. But traveling through Pearson International Airport in Toronto is a fucking mess. And actually, in fairness, I had no problems getting through Pearson. I, I got on my flight perfectly. I got off my flight perfectly. To be honest... I wasn't randomly... Sl- that's Ryan.
1: That's just Ryan Whitney being a bitch. Like it hasn't been that bad. I've heard from numerous people it's not that
0: bad. I mean, it it's a bit of a mess. Like my flight was at four a.m. I got there at three. No, sorry, excuse me. My flight was at seven a.m. I was supposed to be there at four a.m. I got there at three thirty. I waited in line. Like they don't even open security until four o'clock, anyways, which is just lunacy. Like why isn't this a twenty four hour thing? We have flights coming and whatever. Um, not my pig, not my farm but i had to wait like 45 minutes in line just to get into security and then once i was into security i I don't know it probably took 20 minutes to get through security and then you go through the american customs and it probably took me 10 15 minutes to go through american customs and then honestly the longest line that i dealt with other than like for rides but like at the airport the longest lines i dealt with was one the tim hortons line after you get through everything that line was intense. That was by far the longest line. And then after that was the rental car line. So it was like nothing to do with the security, nothing to do with customs. It was just all the accoutrement after uh, getting through all that. So like, what I'm saying is all the American people who are traveling domestically around the United States, maybe this is less of an issue for you, but checking a bag, (laughs) going to Pearson or coming out of Pearson or flying with Air Canada, you are playing with fire. Like there is a... 95% Ninety-five percent chance that bag ends up in Des Moines, Iowa. Like so, getting a lightsaber and then hauling it around all day, and then checking it on a on a well, flight, ship it back. Right, but if I'm shipping, I just feel like if I'm shipping something from a a destination I currently am, it doesn't feel right. Like it feels like I could have just bought this online anyways. Like what am I? It's, but you didn't build from? it. It's the You're experience, yeah. Like you didn't make it. Jedi has to build his lightsaber or her lightsaber. Yeah. Also keep in mind, I don't, I don't know if I really wanted a lightsaber. Like, I don't know if I care about that. Like it, it was fun. Don't be wrong. Like everything about star Wars galaxy is a lot of fun. And there's probably bigger star Wars fans in the world than I am. Actually, there are certainly bigger star Wars fans on this show than (laughs) I am. So I understand where you guys are coming from. And I highly recommend you guys go at some point. I know you both, um, Either have a child or have a child on the way, so it's a little more difficult for you guys and a little more expensive for you guys to do. But I highly recommend going at some point and get those fat, get the Genie Plus, skip those lines, especially with the little ones, because your kids are going to want to go on these rides and like explain to them, like, no, you have to wait two fucking hours in this goddamn line and it's super hot outside. And I-, I mean, obviously, you can go to Florida at a different time, like go in February or something, but even then, it's Florida, it's always yeah. like. Thirty-something degrees in Florida, right? So worth yeah. its weight in gold that uh that <clears throat> Lightning Lane.
2: I get the fast pass when I go to fucking Wonderland. <laughs> I, get the, I don't give a shit. I'll pay for it. Like I'm the type of person I pay for convenience, right? Like I I take the four hundred seven here, and for those who don't know, the four hundred seven is the one road in or highway in Canada that you have to fucking pay for, um, and. It's completely useless. It maybe saves you five, ten minutes on your total travel time, depending on where you're going. Like if you're going within the GTA, it's yeah, it's about fifteen minutes, ten minutes max. It's gonna save you, depending on the time of day. I'll still fucking take it. I'll take it at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday.
0: Oh, there's definitely times where the four hundred seven has saved me so much time in my life. Like if if you're in rush hour and you have to yes. get like across the city, now that's gonna be a heavy bill. Like when that bill arrives, it's like oh, that was fifty dollars. Wow, okay. But yeah. it will save you like an hour out of your life. So sometimes it's definitely worth it.
2: Yeah. But so I would definitely be getting... I'd be like, give me every pass to skip everything possible for Disney. And they'll be like, well, you only need really this one. I'll be like, screw it. Give me two just to be safe. <laughs> yep. Right. It's... it's. I, I don't know, man. My time is more valuable to me than a lot of the time the money is. Um, You know, always potentially make more money or get more money in some way but can't get my time back well here's another thing
0: time another thing that's wacky about the u.s and something i don't understand how they don't have not fixed yet is their credit card situation
2: oh i was gonna say racism but whatever
0: (laughs) oh well i mean yeah we don't have time for that one but (laughs) that... (laughs) that is a fantastic point but like how we go to a restaurant and you sit down and like the bill comes and you have to like give them your credit card and they go away with it and they do God knows what with it. And they come back and you sign, like you write, a, like you physically write in the tip amount and then.
1: Yeah, they don't have yeah. the machines at the table. Yeah.
0: It's like we adopted these table side machines when I started in the restaurant industry when I was like in my early 20s. So this was like at more than a decade ago. Canada has had table side yeah. <laughs> debit and credit machines where we bring it to you. And like your card doesn't leave your site. It's so weird that your you they, the, the server has to take your card and run away with it.
2: Best you know done. what? That's probably catering to the old people in Florida because they're not used to the new technology. So it's they're- not just Florida, it's <laughs> Buffalo, Florida. Everywhere I've been,
0: it's the it's the yeah. entire country, man. I don't know, man.
2: When I'm in Santa Monica, I don't have that problem.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's California. I mean, it's the one, like place, one place,
2: one place in in the U.S.
1: where it doesn't exist. So eh.
0: yeah, and one more thing about US wackiness. I, I know I, I tweeted about this earlier, but the Uber situation is a mess. Oh, it's okay. it's a gong show. You guys need front license plates, okay? <laughs> Cause the extra time it takes and especially in a busy area where everyone and their mum is called an Uber, and you have the same Toyota Corollas pull up and everyone's name is Carlos, you're like, Well, what the fuck? <laughs> like what which car is this? Is mine? <laughs> like how do I know? Like so like you'll have to walk around every single car and try to figure out like okay is this the is this mm-hmm. the one okay cool. They should just
2: have like your... an Uber number on like the dash, at least, or just
0: a license plate.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, but I just this... mean like if that's that's much harder to solve. Where if you're Uber as a enterprise in an industry, just say hey, let's do this as a customer service gesture to make it easier for our customers. Now you're going to have your Uber driver number because they all have it in the app. That says your Uber car number, driver number, this blah blah blah. That gets displayed in the dash and makes it a lot easier. I mean, Calm. I don't,
0: I don't oppose to that idea, but then Calm. you're gonna have to get all these guys on board with some sort of projection to go yeah. like on their dash or something like that. Anyways, a piece of paper. Just a. I mean, I suppose a paper could work, but it wouldn't work at night. there's 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 a lot of things that i i think the united states could fix and perhaps uber and uh i don't even remember perhaps the
2: the united states that those would be the platforms would be get credit card machines and uber's drivers have to have front fucking license plates
0: and that's that's a hell of a platform right there (laughs) at least you have
2: one most most of their candidates don't have that
0: we're gonna make america great again but uh Currently, right now, we're in the middle of uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline. And literally, as we're recording, there's like trades just coming through the wire right now. Dude, so I fucking- imagine by the time this airs tomorrow morning, there's going to be some updates to some of these trades. But we did want to start with some of the big ones. So <laughs> one of the ones that I found interesting, like it all happened in a matter of a few minutes. The Boston Red Sox acquired the public fornicator uh, Reese McGuire and sent away uh, Jake Diekmann to the Chicago White Sox. Okay, that makes sense. At that point, everyone's like, okay, it looks like the Red Sox are selling. So they were, they were on the bubble for a while. And, and I mean, after seeing the series against the Blue Jays, it was clear that the Boston Red Sox were not going to make the playoffs. They're not a professional ball club. And then they moved out Christian Vasquez to the Houston Astros, picked up a couple minor leaguers, and then <laughs> they acquired Tommy Pham? Like, wait, what's happening here? Like, what? And so I'm not entirely sure what the Boston Red Sox are doing. Maybe there's more moves to come and Pham was brought into, I still don't know what, maybe they have a really uh, intense fantasy football league that they wanted Tommy Pham to be in <laughs> and make him the enforcer of that league. So he'd beat the shit out of somebody in case they got out of line. But... I'm not entirely sure what the Red Sox are doing, but we do know that Trey Mancini is off to the Houston Astros. The Astros are loading up; they brought in Vasquez and Mancini, and the Yankees also loading up, getting Frankie Montas as well, uh, Louis Trevino as well, and Andrew I mean, Benintendi. <laughs> and or, I was going to say, and earlier, uh, Andrew Benintendi, who did you hear this? I, I I just saw it in a tweet that Andrew Benintendi says he's open to being vaccinated.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things like if they end up playing the Jays in the playoffs (laughs) and the Yankees are like, get vaccinated, you piece of shit. He'll be like, "Okay." like, I think that's if he doesn't have to, he
0: won't. I wonder if they are aware. Now, I know we beat this drum all the time of like, it's the same problem here in Canada. Like they the Blue Jays can't enter the United States without being vaccinated. That's not quite where I'm going. I wonder if they understand what vaccinated means. Because if the, if he truly is... Wa- I, I don't know if this is the fact or not. But it, this is kind of like the interpretation I think a lot of us are taking is the fact that he says, I am open to being vaccinated. Or I don't know if he said that personally. The, the line was, he is open to be vaccinated. So I don't know if Ben Attendee said it personally. Anyways, I wonder if, the, if he's aware or if the team is aware that you need to be like double vaccinated and you need to have time between the vaccinations. Them. Yeah. Separated between like three weeks or whatever. Yeah. So if he is open to it and the possibility of playing the blue Jays is very real in the playoffs, he, you're going to have to make that decision soon. Like like tomorrow. Like you're going to have to, yeah. Like you're going to have to get your first dose, wait the three weeks or whatever it is, get the second dose, wait the three weeks or whatever it is. And then you're considered fully vaccinated, able to enter Canada. So, assuming it's three weeks, I don't even know what it is because we're normal human beings and we got it done when we were able to. But <laughs> for someone who's like up against a deadline and needs to know, like, in order to enter the country, how am I able to do it? I think it's time to stop dragging your feet, bud.
2: Yeah. I th- I think it's two weeks, to be honest. I think the three weeks was just stretching it out for resourcing. Yeah, uh, perhaps. And sourcing the actual vaccination. They're like, hey, you can stretch it out to three to four weeks in between your shots or blah, blah, blah. Um, So if he were to get it, I I would assume though, they're going to probably make some kind of exception for athletes who aren't that choose to, to cross borders where if they get the first one, they'll say, okay, as long as you do get it by this date or have a scheduled date to get it, we'll let it slide. Um, I mean, we'll find out the next time the Yankees come to Toronto. Whenever that is, if he's already started or if he's already through that process, because, you know, for sure, they're going to play that. They're going to be in Toronto before October. They have, yeah, they have one September. more series.
1: They have one more series in Toronto. So that's the thing. So yeah. like, so even but that 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 series is actually irrelevant, right? Like a, th- a three game set against the Jays in September is irrelevant to the Yankees, right? No, they're so already going to be
2: locked into first in the AL East.
1: Right. So I don't think he needs to worry about it for that. It's it's in the off chance the playoffs and they they give a shit about two possibly three games, right? So yeah, I don't know. I mean I
0: mean if you're looking at the standings right now though, it looks very like it looks like a very real possibility that the Blue Jays play the Yankees in the first round.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I th- although I mean I think that's why the Red Sox are going birds- out and doing what they're doing
0: first round i mean like i don't count the wild card round as a real round cuz it's yeah. like three games and it's you know, a yeah, bit of but a shit show
1: listen it's not a lock that the jays like dude if the jays play the mariners like the mariners oh no i'm
0: not i'm i'm not even suggesting that like i'm super confident in the blue jays ability to make the or win that series i'm just saying if you look at the standings and you look at the top teams in the american league yeah, it's the yankees the are jays one get out of the, wild the astros card. are two and yes. the blue jays are three yep yeah. right so
1: the Jays get out of the That's wild card. I'm it's saying. a real, it's a real possibility they play the Yankees. But the Jays have to get out of the wild card. And I got to say, I'm a little bit concerned with at time of recording, 22, 21 and hours to go.
2: Sidney that, Sweeney or whatever. Sorry, is their only ac- Sweeney is their only acquisition or whatever?
0: Uh, so I don't know if you know who Sidney Sweeney is. No, no I mean, you should Dustin's, Google. I'm
2: referencing, I'm referencing Dustin's joke.
0: Yeah, so there uh Sydney Sweeney. I don't I don't for everyone who doesn't know who Sydney Sweeney is, um she is an actor who is in Euphoria. Uh, Euphoria, that's it. That was the name of the show. Fantastic yeah. actor, actually. She yeah. was actually in she was in this movie on Amazon Prime, and I forgot the name of the movie. I'll look it up in a second. But and it's a dumb as hell movie. But it really does show her range and I, I don't think the movie's good, but I think it's worth watching because she's actually a really, really good actor. I think she's actually gonna be uh, cast as Gwen Stacy in some Madame new Web. future Spider Man. Madame Webb. Yeah. Yes. So but yeah. anyways, she threw out the, <laughs> open, the Dustin's joke. <laughs> she threw out the first pitch in one of those games against the Red Sox and that's when the, the twenty eight five game yeah, that's the when the Red Sox season essentially ended, and we ha- have Sydney Sweeney to thank for that. So, yeah, the joke on Twitter going around is that Sydney Sweeney is the Blue Jays only acquisition so far. And I know a lot of our friends are concerned right now, as James, you're trying to get to, that we're a few hours away from the deadline passing. And as of time of recording, the Blue Jays have done nothing aside from sydney Sweeney,
1: so my my concern comes from, and I wrote this in our discord, is that that like, the names that were out there as available are gone right so now we're relying on potential names that weren't out there which i mean obviously that exists but usually the names that are out there exist because they're they're available and guys that aren't available either like come with a price or come with tough negotiations that probably aren't gonna that are gonna be tough to do in in 21 hours so i'm like this team and I, I was saying that I heard Rash Medani on the fan on my drive just before I got in. And he was Friend saying... Friend of the show, I
0: believe he does listen to us.
1: Fuck that guy. Um, and he's saying... <laughs> he goes, like, what a fucking moron, okay? So the guy goes, the Yankees got so much better. He goes, the, the well, Astros the got Yankees, better. Hang on, okay, I, I, hang on. Wait, wait. Okay, go on. He goes, the, I'm, with, I'm with you here. The Yankees got so much better, he says. Because the Astros got better. And he's like, and the Jays haven't made any moves. And then he's like, I really have this feeling that the AL playoffs are wide open. And I was like, the fucking Yankees are literally running away with the season, demolishing literally everybody in their path. You just said they got much better, but yet the playoffs are fucking wide open? Like like what are you talking about?
0: Okay, yeah, to be fair to a wrap, He is an right? idiot. <laughs> to, to be, be fair. fair to a um i think what he meant was that the wild card is wide open
2: no so he said the point, al
0: the playoffs could...
1: no he's, he was talking about the al playoffs he wasn't talking about no. the wild card
0: i, dude, I was I listening he to him the al wild no, card. because to not. your point to your point it is not a, it's not no, but that's like, how stupid this and... guy is
1: i'm telling you he was not talking about that he said the al playoffs and they were just talking about Seattle going all in to sell tickets, eventually next year, like because they forfeited a lot of top prospects for Luis Castillo, but they see it as a chance to end the longest MLB playoff drought. Apparently, I think it's Seattle, and to potentially sell tickets in the next year. But then he goes on about oh, the arrow is wide open, but the oh, top two teams got way better, and the Jays are stagnant. Then how is it wide open? And this is my concern. He's not wrong about one part: these two teams got better, the Jays have not, and the Jays have legitimate problems in close games. Unless they're blowing teams out, it, it's it's dicey at best. And that's Which because the opposite of the start of the year, right? And it's because. They don't right it's exactly the opposite the start of the year and you know why because our team has flipped at the start of the year we had some pretty good starting pitching the bullpen was on fire the bats were fucking in a coma and now the bats are alive but the bullpen and the rotation the rotation has been a little bit better but the bullpen is the definition of sus right now like Setup man position is anyone's for the taking. Although Jimmy Garcia, like in late relief, has been pretty good, but he can't pitch every day. You know, Adam Simbers pretty good still, but like after that, it's Slim Pickens, man. So they like. What's they need also a concerning
0: is that the Rays also got better. Like they added Clevenger and they added Peralta, and obviously, and yeah, and the Mariners got better too, adding Castillo. So. It's not just Houston and the Yankees have gotten better. Like everyone in the hunt in the American League, the American League wildcard, as well as the teams at the top of the playoffs, they all got better. And, and the there's Blue time Jays left. Haven't. There's time left. There is time left.
2: Yes. But Shohei <laughs> Otani.
0: There is Shohei <laughs> no, he's ton. off the table. That's what I'm it, talking about. No, he's That's off the That's the energy we need. <laughs> it is Shohei Otani who's coming to the Blue Jays. You guys saw that during the All-Star break where there's that picture with Vladdy and Kirky and uh and Santiago with who? With Shohei there was one and with, with Mike Trout. I'm telling with, you.
2: There's one with Soto. So it doesn't matter. Like don't they're do all that. buddies. Yeah. No, I'm you know what's saying. gonna happen? It's gonna be they're gonna trade. All the prospects for Trout and Otani. No, that's not happening. No, that's not happening.
1: And they already said Otani's off Obviously the table. it's not happening. Otani's
2: off the table, which is
1: wild to me that, that the Angels wouldn't at least explore a King's Ransom for Otani at this point in time, considering they're fucking trash. But the. How can even a team you,
2: with arguably the greatest player.
1: It's a decade. He's, he's, like he's The a once, past
2: 30 years. He's a once in a century player. They have literally,
0: they have literally the two best players in the league. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and yet they're still an absolute shit show.
0: Well, to be fair, Mike get it together. Yeah, like Mike Trout has been hurt for a while. Like there's, yeah, there's been talks of him, like his career being over. Yeah, he's not solving
2: problems of a team. Okay, okay, but at the same time, is what have they done to surround him with better talent outside of Otani? What have they done to be like, okay, let's get you some infield capability? some infield defense, let's get some bat protection for you outside of an aging Albert Pujols for a few years. Yeah. I mean, was Cole Calhoun really the guy? No. <laughs> All right. yeah. I, no, you're, they, you're they, not wrong. They they did nothing to oh, yeah. support. That's, that's arguably worse than what Edmonton does with McDavid and just having Dry Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl is Otani trout is mcdavid and there's nothing around him yeah but scraps
1: yeah i mean i'm just i'm listen i'm just worried that the listen the talk at the beginning of the season was the jays were supposed to be world series contenders the current contenders are acting like contenders and they're showing their team because everyone says when it comes to a trade deadline if you acquire pieces it's management telling the team that they believe in you And that they're bolstering you because they believe that you're going on a playoff run and they're giving you ammo. If management doesn't do that for this team, there's a lot of levels and things to unpack here for what it says for this team. One, like I said, then like, they're never going to say they're giving up on the season, but I don't want people to sit there and think that like, this is still a world series run year because it's not, if it was, they'd be out there spending to, to bolster the team 2 I'm worried what it says to the team about their performance. Having fired Charlie Montoyo, they're on a little bit of a run right now, which is great, but I feel like if the team believes they're on a World Series run, at least adding support in the bullpen is management saying, we believe in you, and I feel like not doing that says that they don't believe in them at this point in time.
0: Do you you think it's one of those situations where, like we said earlier, there's not much left in terms of what they can go get? And now they're looking at well we have nate pearson coming back soon which is
1: similar to a trade acquisition if he's if he's what he can be when he was doing his late relief but uh i feel like they should have i don't know maybe cut the presentation of the new ballpark to after trade died deadline and spent more time on the phones you know like it feels like and maybe maybe being so late in the process, though, like I said, maybe things are a little bit cheaper as prices come down and people start to panic. But it works both ways. Maybe people will take advantage of the Jays' panic. Or maybe a lot of MLB teams are like, fuck Canada, and their stupid vax rules. But like you said, it goes both ways. We're not, we're not dealing with you. Like We're not making you better, right? I don't know.
0: That is an interesting way of looking at it, where the Blue Jays are in this unique situation where they're trying to get better and everyone around them is working towards getting better, but the pool of players that they are picking from is not just, it obviously is dried up because everyone else has been scooped, but at the same time, they're also looking at guys who have to be fully vaccinated, and maybe that's also a significant factor with whoever is available for trade, right?
2: Yeah. We also look at it in the way that, maybe management's looking at like why are we going this year to go out and spend the capital to get you the help when not two weeks ago we had to fire the manager
1: that's what i'm saying right like if then everyone needs to stop pretending like they're contenders this year and and understand and it's going to be a really shitty fucking three or four months watching this team with some weird false hope do you know what i mean like i think us as fans need to accept the mentality then that this year is a wash year and that next year you know
2: is i wouldn't say it's necessarily a wash year i would say that for what the expectations were it is but in the sense of there's still the wild card they get in they win it and then bam you're off to the races playing like we said probably the yankees right and if they do play the yankees okay, what if Benintendi said, yes, I would get vaccinated, but then he decides, no, I'm not going to, and now he can't play, who's one of their biggest acquisitions from this trade deadline was getting him, and now he can't come here, right? What if Aaron Judge, like he has in the past couple playoff appearances, kind of disappears? He can do everything that he wants in a season. Playoffs are a different game. Guys disappear in the playoffs. Guys don't show up sometimes when... The playoffs happen and then you have guys that you know might have been mid-level players or guys that are just kind of your everyday pretty consistent but nothing extraordinary just all of a sudden are what rocket you to the next stage in a playoffs in every sport so i still think yes it's frustrating i don't really see the point in investing in the capital for getting some of these guys this year um but by no means do I think the season's just a complete wash. I just think it's tempering expectations. But that works both ways, right? I mean,
1: guys can just, like, our entire team could fucking disappear in the playoffs, right? And I, I, so that's what I mean. To me, that's X equals X on both sides of the equation. I, and like, I don't necessarily, I'm with you, I don't necessarily agree paying the prices that, like, Seattle paid for Luis Castillo. But at the same time, I mean, there's, what did we talk about the other, was it last week or the week before? Like, out of the Jays' top five prize five prospects, like, in all honesty, how many of them are going to be difference maker major leaguers, right? Like, in anybody's top 10, five prospect pool in the MLB, how many are difference makers? You take the top five out of 30 teams, that's what, 150 players? right you're not going to have 150 difference makers in the next three to five years or this league would be nuts so you got to think you know your guys in that top 10 and that's the case that was the case for juan soto right like you would trade these guys because you have a known commodity in juan soto as opposed to lottery tickets right and is any one of those guys going to amount to as good as juan soto can be i don't know no
2: Probably not. But, yeah, the rumor is that Soto, if it's not finalized yet, is going to the Dodgers. But until it's done, it's not done. The Jays could come in here and say, you know what? Fuck it. We'll give you our top three prospects. We'll give you Biggio and, you know, call it a day. And, you know, the Angels can look at that and say, wow, we're getting three of their top five prospects nationals and we're getting sorry he's, he's, you're, you're still
1: thinking Shohei.
2: yeah i'm still thinking <laughs> Shohei, sorry. yeah the nationals can say you know we're getting three of their top five prospects plus we're getting a fairly decent utility man who in the you know recent kind of stretch has been hitting very well so which has been the issue so maybe that gets it done maybe that's you know and again Soto could be like fucked out. I'm not going there. <laughs> right,
0: but so who yeah, knows? it's it's still possible. Like again, like there's still a few hours away from this trade deadline being over. Maybe the Blue Jays have something cooked up. Maybe they have a deal in place to acquire both Soto and um, <laughs> and, Otani <laughs> and Otani and Mike Trout. All they're yeah. bringing every single major uh, player in. The uh, you know league. what? I'm not and gonna it's
2: lie. Funny. Oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no! You oh, all
1: right? Uh, I was gonna say, listen. And it's weird. I'm not asking for a lot from the Jays. One bullpen arm to me is enough to, to ease my mind. At least it says to me that they are... And listen, I'm not saying that they're dumb. And I'm not saying that they don't know. But it says to me they are aware, they're acknowledging, and they're acting. Aware, acknowledging, acting. Three A's. Um, and that's just what I want to feel comfortable in this season, knowing that they're still they're still going for it right if i like if i want to say like rally behind this team and be like let's fucking go i would feel good with one relief arm for them to understand that you know this bullpen is it needs addressing so
2: that's all i was gonna say if the deal was in place for otani soto and trout i think dustin would have to get some new pants
0: (laughs) and jerseys Well, I would certainly need to get new jerseys. Uh, and ultimately, this is all just hopefully the Blue Jays can win another championship. And that's what everyone is in this for is for winning championships. And no one in the history of the NBA won more championships than Bill Russell. And Bill Russell doesn't get talked about enough for being probably the most successful basketball player in the history of basketball. And that also transferred into his coaching career as well. I know he didn't win as many championships as a coach as he did as a player, but no one else has won 11, 11 rings than Bill Russell. And if I think in a different era, I mean, 11 NBA championships in a different era, if he wasn't playing in the fifties and sixties, I think we'd be talking about Bill Russell in the conversation as the greatest of all time. Like we talk about with Jordan and we talk about with LeBron. I think they're, they should be like building in the conversation, but isn't at all, I don't think. And he did pass away this uh, past week at the age of eighty eight. So we did just want to talk a bit about Bill Russell and his life and his time in the league. Oh, none of us are huge, like um experts on Bill Russell's career. that the guy played basketball and retired from playing basketball long before any of us were born. But I think, it's it's important to recognize that sometimes we don't really place the you know we don't give the flowers to the guys who deserve it sometimes i think bill's one of the guys that deserves it
2: no for sure and not just what he did on the court like he's arguably the most successful team sport player in sports history you know like you said 11 titles that's that's with surreal. an Olympic
0: gold, with Dude, an Olympic gold medal too. It's not
2: yeah. just eleven titles; it's eleven
1: titles in thirteen seasons. That's yeah. rounded up, right. like that's an eighty-five percent win percentage. Five percent
2: win percentage, yeah.
1: That's um, that's so fucked.
2: Not, not only did he do that, but like at the time too, and the things he did off the court as well. You know, marching with Martin Luther King Jr. and supporting Muhammad Ali at a very tense time of the dude's life. And, you know, just he was an activist at a time when where we can look today, where a lot of NBA players will yes use their platform, say, no, I'm sick of this. But man, it's it's really easy to type 240 characters and send a message off to the universe and have millions of people that will support you regardless of what you do. Hit like and be like, look, he stands up for something. It's a different thing to walk the streets with guys like Martin Luther King Jr and actually feed on the ground to do that shit and not just from the comfort of your 12 million dollar mansion sitting on a couch while you're watching ESPN highlights of yourself right
0: yeah. i don't think there's a lot of nba players that i could look at right now that would have the balls to do some of the stuff that bill russell did and i mean all of those guys and not just bill like but all yeah. of those guys in that era went through that shit playing yeah professional basketball or not playing professional basketball, but living in, the United or just States, living in the
2: United States, yeah,
0: just being a black man in the, or a black person in the United States, even now is dicey. But in yeah. 1950s and 1960s, where you weren't allowed to be in the same bathrooms, you weren't allowed to restaurants, eat, you weren't allowed to go into restaurants and eat. You had to sit in the back of the bus, like all these things that isn't, I mean, isn't quite the way it is now but like they had to fight for that mm-hmm. like they had to fight for those rights and it wasn't just about playing basketball like these guys made a significant impact on the way the world works
2: oh 100 percent, and that's why like it kind of frustrates me when some of these players will wear a t-shirt or send a tweet or get a hat and say stand up to this like don't get me wrong Yes, to show support, or if that's the way they feel they need to do it, fine. But man, don't compare that shit to the shit that these guys did in the 50s, 60s, and 70s and crap like that. Because, you know, you're, let's be honest, do you think someone like LeBron or Durant or Steph Curry is really risking their career by wearing a t shirt or a hoodie to warm up? well sort of if you think
0: about it now i i'm just just work with me for a second remember a guy named colin kaepernick who just who knelt down during a fucking song and this guy has been blackballed from the nba ever since or the nfl ever (laughs) since (laughs)
2: <laughs> You're thinking the NBA. I'm I I, 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 we're think, we're still <laughs> yeah. thinking
0: NBA because we're talking about Bill Russell. But like, but that's how crazy it is now. Like, even if even all these things that have happened over however many years, over the past 70 years, a guy like Colin Kaepernick, and I don't necessarily want to get off uh, Bill Russell this quickly. Uh, James, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but that was a good transition. I was going to make it to the next topic, but um, but it is still risky for certain uh, NBA players or any professional athlete. To make a statement because it can cost them their career, and it happened to Colin Kaepernick.
1: The only thing I'll say on Bill Russell too is he was uber successful in a time where the NBA was like that was gangster. Like the NBA was, yeah, that was a tough era of the like from from about the seventies to the early two thousands. Like the NBA was was a was a tough league, man. Like guy, like fouls were fouls, right? And guys, oh yeah hitting head hitting their head in the court getting pushed on layups like it was like it was a man's game you know and like when what i mean by that is is you had to like the, you had to earn your space yeah like it was just it was it was real work like it was l- lunch pale basketball and like the guy was was the king in that era. And you're right. He doesn't get, when when they go through the conversations of goats, like he's somehow mysteriously always left off. And I can't, I can't for the life of me figure why, but I mean, again, 11 to 13. And like you said, all the social activist stuff. And, and, and apparently the guy was pretty active in bed. So, you know,
0: (laughs) Well, if that's not a transition to our next (laughs) story, then I don't know what is. So um, I was going to save that for later, but it's too easy. So uh, we finally have some sort of ruling on the situation with the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. I can't believe he's (laughs) the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games. As a part of the NBA's uh, code of conduct, personal conduct, we'll say. NFL. Did I say NBA again? God damn it. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Uh, Part of the NFL's code of conduct. Um, So, uh, if you're not familiar with this story, Deshaun Watson was accused by, keep me honest here, guys, 36 different women. Something like that. We'll say dozens. Yeah. We'll say dozens of women have accused Deshaun Watson of some sort of. Sexual misconduct, we'll say. Again, accused of these things. And the M- the NFL was doing their investigation, and this has drawn out for a while now. Like Training camp's already started. There's a lot of questions around the Cleveland Browns, like who's starting a quarterback this year if Deshaun Watson is probably going to be suspended. They finally made the decision. It is six games for dozens of accusations. So here's the thing. I don't know if Deshaun has been found I, I don't I don't think guilty is the right word, but I don't think they've proven that he's done anything wrong.
1: Well, the Texans but, the
0: Texans paid but, a shit ton of women. But if they are suspending him, wouldn't that lead you to believe that they've found something? So So if they have found something how is it only 6 games? My guess even is that even if it was even if it was one of the dozens of people that he had sexually abused allegedly. If he if what they were uh, claiming that he had done he'd actually done. Even if it was one of the dozens of women who made the same claim of what he did how is that only six games so my guess is that
1: they found enough to believe but not prove so in the interest of doing not doing nothing they did something knowing full well that he was also suspended by the texans for all of last season and the texans paid off the women because uh, we had this discussion was it last week or the week before the massage therapists i'm assuming i'm again i'm assuming a lot here so like i'm i I have a is it true like they're all massage therapists right so like they're all could technically be considered employees of the texans and that's probably why the texans assume responsibility and paid them off so like th- like this is my head canon of how things went down deshaun watson went and tried to get a massage rolled over with his dick and was like so it's not gonna suck itself and they were like ew i'm out and like which is you can't do that number one and then he was like wow guess it didn't work and then she didn't want to work there so they got a new massage therapist and he was getting a massage rolled over whipped his dick out and was like it's not gonna suck itself and she's like ew and ran away and like they went through 30 therapists him just trying to get up like get off that, that's that's the only way i can see this happening is each one of these therapists are like fuck no i don't want to do this and they just keep bringing in therapists and he just keeps whipping his dick out trying to get a handy or a bj so yeah
0: and and at that point it's like how does the houston texans not figure this out right
1: exactly or how they right? or they know
0: and, and they're really just trying to get Deshaun
1: to Watson a handy, so he throws some footballs down the field, right? So I, I, would, like, I would imagine that the NFL is like, okay, he was suspended for a year indefinitely by the Texans. We'll give him six games, so it's a year and a half. He's not been convicted of anything criminal. Um, it was settled, at least from the Texans' side, out of court. Like, I'm not saying I agree with it, but when you do the math, I can see a path. To so that, what freaks me out is the Browns being a semi-good team and going pushing all their chips in on this guy. Like
0: that's yeah, the so other side of it. By and by pushing their chips in, the contract that Deshaun Watson is under, guaranteed, guaranteed money up front in signing bonus, and then he has a minuscule salary, I believe, throughout the season. So the significance to that is. When he misses these six games, he's, he's not paid. losing a, a ton of money. I mean, he's losing a ton of money to people like us. I think <laughs> he's losing a couple hundred thousand dollars, but he is getting 45 million dollars guaranteed at the beginning of the season, which will not be touched, regardless of how many games he plays if he gets suspended or not. That's a bit of an issue.
1: Well, I yeah. can say I can say I appreciate the NFL moving at least, right? Because we all know. The NFL is notorious for like dragging their fucking feet. And they did drag their feet on this, but at least they moved.
2: So, yeah. I, I just mean, in relation to Deshaun Watson, gets six games and loses a couple or a few hundred G's a game. And then you have guys out there like we talked about before with Kyler Murray and saying that he has to watch X amount of video per. Per week, and he can only limit his video game play to X amount of time per week, or he forfeits a shit ton of money. And it's just like, how? How is that? You know, Deshaun Watson gets accused of some sexual assault and some other shit. He gets six games and a few hundred G's.
0: Well, here here's the other hilarious comparison. If you look at what happened with Calvin Ridley, where Calvin Ridley was suspended the entire season. For playing fucking pro line. That's what he did. Calvin Ridley was suspended the entire 2022 season when because he placed like I, I don't remember how many bets it was, but over a five day period in November, he placed some bets when he was away from the team. Now it didn't specify whether he bet on his team or not, but the fact that he's not even playing, I don't know what matters. And the If you read like what Roger Goodell sent to Calvin Ridley explaining the suspension, it's hilarious. It says, (laughs) so the, the letter says from Roger Goodell, there's nothing more fundamental to the NFL's success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and everyone else employed in the league. Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threatening to damage public confidence in professional football and potentially undermining the reputation of your fellow players throughout the NFL. Can that not be also yeah. connected to Deshaun Watson allegedly sexually assaulting dozens of massage therapists that work for the Texans?
1: But I think that's where you, that's the thing. Like, Calvin Ridley wasn't allegedly gambling right like that they know that he was and i'm this is the unfortunate part allegedly will always be allegedly when there's a payout right like that's and that's the, a f-
2: but, what about the countless players getting suspended for a season for weed for smoking dope which because, is not legal in
0: however many states right well, and, and anyway, they're like, trying to would bring you rather
2: than yeah would you rather them take pills which we've seen what that's done to some hockey players, right? And what that can do long term to your body as opposed to weed for pain management and yeah. sleep assistance and things like that. Like, it's the NFL so ass back. Like, we get on other leagues for their lack of consistency or logic when it comes to their disciplinary actions. But man, the NFL is very ass backwards. It's not that they do shit it's that they do shit at the wrong time for the wrong thing
1: again i think they're getting away with the allegedly piece and i think that's the issue right like all of these things we're referencing or things that happen like even you look at ray rice right like there's a video of him that was ray rice dragging his girl through the elevator right like there's a yeah. you know yep. dustin as a ray ravens rice. fan ravens. um i bet you I have a ray a video, rice
0: uh little action figure that i don't have up anymore
1: I bet you if if uh, if there was a video of Deshaun Watson, the story would be different because you can't you can't pay that out, right? You can't settle that because then it becomes evidence in the court of public opinion, right? Whereas now the debate in the court of public opinion is still open. So when you talk about integrity, it's tied to allegedly. Right? And that's the that's the crux of the issue. And it goes back to what we were talking about initially in some of the first episodes of the podcast. It's unfortunate that the idea of payout exists not to satisfy or to give reparations to the victims, but it automatically absolves the other party of any wrongdoing. And it sticks at allegedly forever and there's never and, and philosophically should it matter to us I'm not saying it should or shouldn't I'm questioning it myself because like we said if the victim approves of the settlement and the the act of the settlement is carried out like is it is it our business at that point you know what I mean I don't know
0: yeah, it's funny how it almost seems like on a sports podcast you also need a a criminal law background and specialization in sexual assault because we've had so many of these stories between but, hockey Canada and between Deshaun Watson and between Vince McMahon and you're right like that's constantly come up where can we tell the victim settlement. how to deal with it there's though that's settle- what I'm saying yeah so the and that's another thing like the victim has accepted the settlement. It's now, not is our that business, they... right?
1: It's not our business to say the victim, that's not good enough.
0: Exactly. You know, you're absolutely right. If and the it's victim unfortunate. Was... Oh, absolutely. Like, obviously, in a perfect world, there would be no victim. But if the victim in these situations are okay with the payment and settlement, is the matter closed? I mean, financially, it's closed. But again, is it our decision to then place other you know judgment in the port in the court of public opinion
1: it's or ethics like is it is it ethically do do you have like again this is going to go off in a weird uh philosophical and and moral like do you have a moral ethical obligation to hold someone accountable where the person that was infringed upon has now absolved themselves of of holding that person accountable i don't like it that's that's a fucked up question
2: i think you have to look at it like this though Yes, I agree that if the victim kind of says, this is accurate compensation for what I went through, I'm cool. Like, what ground do we have to stand on to then start dictating what is or isn't acceptable? But I think what we also have to remember is we're dealing with billion dollar organizations with people that probably be making $30,000 a year they probably go to them and say, keep your mouth shut. Or if you wanna take this further, we have teams of very high priced lawyers that are gonna drag you through the mud, regardless if you're right or wrong. So do you really wanna do that? And so for them, they're not necessarily looking at it as this is accurate compensation, I feel this is settled. This is, oh my God, they're gonna ruin my life. But what more do you wanna
1: endure as a victim? Like how much are you willing to go through to fight for justice at that point where you know you're looking at your two scenarios and you're like do i really want to be dragged through the mud
2: like or do said, i want buddy. to take a check for 200k or or I'm and it's sometimes more. it's not two necessarily
0: million. even about it's not necessarily even about the money right like it's about closure it's like yeah. i just want to put this whole yeah. nightmare behind me right
1: yeah i don't want to have to talk to the texans anymore i don't want to have to talk to investigators i don't want to, have to relive this 400 times and i get paid like when you do that like again i'm i'm Thankfully, never been a victim. Um, And I'm not going to speak for any, but I could imagine sitting there and thinking, wow, not going through all this and getting this sounds a lot better than reliving it 400 million times in conversation and accusation and things like Discovery, where they try and discredit you to to the worst. They'll bring up all the dirtiest shit. Dude, Discovery is the worst part about any sort of process like this, whether it's sexual assault, anything. Like, they will they will bring up the worst moments of your life and they will like, but you're a drug addict, right? And they will like, it's like you, you smoke weed once, they like, you're a drug addict. And they'll like, they'll paint you out to be this big piece of shit to try and discredit you and all of your claims and accusations. And then you have to sit there and take it and maintain your character throughout all of it. Again, for some of these people, I don't blame them if it's not worth it. I don't. But then it leaves us on the other side going, But hey, this guy just got off scot-free and now knows he can do it again for probably money. It's a weird dichotomy and it's very frustrating, but...
2: I don't know if it's that we look at it saying, oh, look, this guy got off scot-free. I think we just look at it in the grand scheme of things. Like, this just isn't fair. It's not whether that we are dictating the... Or trying to, I guess, push a moral agenda or an ethical agenda, it's more of understanding the, again, the issue, which is rich and powerful people get to dictate whatever the fuck they want to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's... I think it's just... When it comes down to it, with Deshaun Watson, at at what point has he paid the fine? Or paid his you know, whatever... To make amends for what he did, I don't know if he's even sorry for what he did, and that's another whole other story. If he Um, did it, but if he did it, that's a great point. If he even did it, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is his football ability to the team more important than the negative press that he's going to bring to the Cleveland Browns?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because if, if he wins, we remove
0: if we remove all of the allegations aside, dude, like obviously, if he
1: wins, if the Browns win the Super Bowl with him at the helm, there's a Deshaun Watson statue outside of the stadium.
0: Like, I mean, everyone casually forgot about Ben Roethlisberger's accusations, right? You mm-hmm. win, and, and and nobody gives a shit, and it's and the guys and the guy will be in the Hall of Fame, and yeah, as Michael a Baltimore Vick Ravens. But dude, here's Michael the other Vick, thing: I, I saw a guy in a Michael Vick jersey yesterday.
1: Dude, but here's the thing. Like you talk about Deshaun Watson and all like and what he did and if you feel sorry about what he Dude, think about this though. If if what happened is is what my head canon, like if what my head is actually what happened, the dude might actually not believe what he did was wrong. Like right. if you're at a masseuse and you're just like rolling over with your dick out and being like, hey, like to 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 him, he just may be like I just wanted to see if there was something there. Like he might actually believe that was his best option to see if he could engage in some sort of sexual event with the masseuse. And I if mean, I,
0: I see, I see it happen on Pornhub all the time. I thought that was just what people Right, did.
1: But like Wait, in his mind, Pornhub he could be state? like, all she has to say is no. And he, and he could be like, cool. If she had said no, cool backs off. Right. Cause for all intents and purposes, there's never been any claims of him forcing himself On people Has there I don't think so I think it's all Just been like He whipped his dick out And wanted me to do stuff And I said no And I felt uncomfortable Which is still weird It is But But in his mind He could think That was his way of Seeing if they were Up for it Like I mean There's better ways Of doing it Being like hey Is there any extra Stuff we could work out here You know But He might not think There's anything wrong With this Right And that's like I don't know, it's uh, it's it's so complicated, and I think that's why you end up in places where they look at the year and they look at six games and they go, okay, like, you know, should what do we kick this guy out of the league? Like I'm not saying that's right or wrong either. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm no, I don't envy the people who have to make these decisions and and look at all sides of it because it's got to be tough.
2: So. What, two of the cases included claims of sexual assault. He was said in both cases to have pressured women to perform oral sex during massages and was accused in one of them from also grabbing her ass and her vagina.
0: Yeah, doing exactly what the former president of the United States told him to do.
1: Exactly. But you know what? That also doesn't sound anything different than what would happen if he went to a strip club either. No. Right? And that's what I'm saying. There's, there's, in his mind he probably believes that this is how these things are
0: initiated right like there's probably a disconnect in his brain where he thinks the massage therapist is the same thing as a sex worker
2: or 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 all massage the dude's probably been to so he just thinks you go get a massage i also get finished off
1: yeah or i'm the fucking football player this is what i need do it
0: exactly and and that's also part of it and that's part of the like the slippery slippery slope of this whole situation is his position of power over these women and you know what their position in the company is and what his position in the company is and him suggesting something they're they're probably making decent money
1: too and they probably don't want to lose their gigs massage therapy for the fucking texans that's a pretty big gig
0: of course You You, you study for years to be a massage therapist and then you finally get a job with an nfl team. football team that's probably that the a highest sh- huge position
1: that's just under the president like there's no and possibly even better because as it's you're you're in a billion dollar corporation not a public servant so like like it's that's that's not the even grace that. just,
2: just just think of just think of what your job is ultimately doing for the overall team's success so how integral you are i mean you so probably going a again, fucking ring <laughs> No, I know. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's I know. Like their that's what I'm job saying. job is to make sure they're in a position to perform as best as possible. He could have very well, like you said, been like, I am the starting quarterback for this team. We need to be successful. In order for me to be successful, not only do I need a massage, I need to relax, to relax. I need you to... S my D.
1: Yeah. And that's... It's, and, it's so layered. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. But...
2: Yeah, but again, there's... there's i don't want to excuse the behavior by no any means. And that's a no. good point like
0: uh, i think everyone on this show is uh under the um mindset of fuck deshaun watson and fuck that guy and we don't like him and uh yeah. if if everything of what has been alleged is true and i mean with this many people saying the same thing it sounds like it's true but still hasn't been proven hard, so we have to, hard to get 30 for women in a
1: room hard to get 30 women in a room to all agree With something like that's
0: it's hard to it's hard to get two women in the room to agree on something. So (laughs) the fact that thirty of them have done that, yeah, it it I mean, there's smoke there. We'll say. Um, another big story in the NFL this week uh, was around Kyler Murray, and I know we briefly touched on it, but I think that's a it's a bit of hilarious. So I think it's worth talking about. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story, Kyler Murray had a new clause in his contract that stated he had to do four hours of homework before each game like it specifically said at least four hours of homework before every game and kyler then called a press conference himself and said this is bullshit and i don't know why this is written in my contract and there is an update to this story the cardinals have now ripped up that clause in his contract uh (laughs) this from cbs sports saying that it has been ripped up and they are no longer you know, holding him to that four hours. So I know we touched on it earlier, but what the fuck are they like? What? <laughs> Why would you ever put this in a contract to one of your franchise players that you are giving hundreds of millions of dollars in guaranteed money to just to make a joke out of them? Because like, it's not like people aren't going. maybe they thought that maybe they thought no one was ever going to know about this clause and it was something that they would be able to hold over kyler and if they ever wanted to get out of this contract they just you know make up some bullshit excuse for to get rid of them but man this was a bad look for the cardinals
1: well i mean is kyler bo callahan like is he from draft days he uh did he not see the hundred dollar bill at the back of the playbook like there were jokes that you can see his his performance depreciate when the new season of Fortnite comes out. Like that was that was the joke that you he he was significantly performing under trend when Fortnite comes out. But like I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that clause existed. I don't know that it's entirely that embarrassing that if it didn't get out if it got out like that's that's terrible. I mean you're. You're an athlete, yes, but you're also paid to do the gig. And if that's the gig, do the gig, or you don't get paid. Like if I don't do
2: my I, job adequately, I don't get paid. I also think too that it's, I as an athlete, specifically a quarterback. There's few jobs in sports that are that so much hinges on that role specifically. So, not only as a quarterback. But as a prof- the professional athlete, as the face, as the linchpin to that team's success, that team says, we want to protect our investment. We are not in necessarily investing in you because teams don't invest in players. They invest in wins. That's what they do. They don't give a shit who those players are. All they care about is the result. If they find or if they've seen evidence that there's something that is detrimental to the result of wins, they're going to do what they can to protect that. If that comes down to saying, Okay, we will give you one of the highest guaranteed contract payouts in NFL history. But in order to get that, you've got to limit your video game playing time and commit yourself more to this team because now we expect more of you. And if he has a problem with that, then to me, his priority is out of whack. Because if that was me or the majority of people, I think what happens is they say, he says, you know what? No, I get it. Cool. I see it. Whatever. I'll do what I can because I want to win. I want to succeed. I'll have plenty of time to play games in off season. I'll have plenty of times to play games at whatever time. The fact that he's making an issue with this, then to me says that football isn't necessarily the priority. Yeah. Or I mean, he's not like the... Yeah. necessarily the priority, but it's, not as a focal point of someone like a tom brady or an aaron Rodgers, or guys like that who you know what i mean that you can look at as the examples of quarterback success
1: which is fine and that's the thing like if he wants to be that guy then you're not going to be that guy right like if you're going to be this guy you're not going to be that guy and i think if you're not going to be that guy you can't also expect to be paid like that guy or you can't expect to be treated like that guy, and he's not the first athlete that this has happened to. Patrick Lyonet had there was the whole Fort remember that the whole Fortnite thing yeah. in Winnipeg, where yeah. they thought he was slacking off because he was playing too much Fortnite, and I think the Vancouver Canucks went through something, or maybe it was them playing the Canucks that brought it up, or something. I don't remember. Do you,
0: do you remember? And, and sometimes this would have been helpful previously. Do you remember that pitcher? I believe he played for the Detroit Tigers, Joel Zumaya. No. Oh, his hand, right? Didn't he have a, the hand problem? He ended up with—I don't know if it was a hand or it was a forearm strain. He, like, broke or his hand like or something.
2: That. Oh, right, because he's playing too many video games.
0: From playing too much Guitar Hero. Yeah. He would play supposedly so much Guitar Hero, he ended up on the injured list. And they were like, "You have to stop playing Guitar Hero. <laughs> like this is the problem. Like, you're a professional baseball player. Your job is to throw a baseball. You need to figure this shit out." And I guess that was the intent with the Kyler Murray thing, and I, it's what's interesting is how Kyler called the press conference himself. I mean, supposedly, according to this, to say that it CBS didn't exist. Sports. So it's not like he went through the team and went through the team's PR, or maybe he did, or but but like you have to get the you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a team statement that came out. It was Kyler Murray going up there and saying, "This is fucked up." And now the Cardinals have, you know, gotten rid of the clause. They sent out a statement saying, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the referendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in a way that was never, that, well, that was, were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is high as it's ever been. And nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in the contract.
1: But Kyler said it didn't exist. So he's a liar. Because if now the Cardinals are saying we got rid of it, it existed.
0: Well, I, I don't I don't think, I think Kyler was saying certain specifics of it didn't exist, oh, okay. that people were like conflating the issue. Maybe it didn't no, say like it def-
1: no Fortnite in the contract, but I'm, no, just, yeah, I'm so assuming. No, yes, it wasn't anything
0: that specific. I think the, the, the uh, referendum in the contract was just, you have to spend four hours per week or whatever, yeah, studying or per TV. day yeah studying tape on the upcoming game and And you know what the thing is
1: like kyler could have just been like you know what yeah that exists and the team wants me to be the best quarterback i can be and i want to be the best quarterback i can be gravy bro and then it just disappears
2: or then you do that and then you go to the team be like look this is really fucking embarrassing you're getting rid of this shit i went out there and i ate it like a champ and i took it on the chin you get rid of that shit
1: right like all you had to do was say that i want to be the best the team wants me to be the best we feel this is the best way to do that that's all like you own it as if it was your idea yeah like (laughs) like so many so many things can be just avoided by going this is the best option and everyone goes okay but instead like you know he doesn't it's just hey it has nothing to do with fortnite it's just my commitment to the team in the game End of story. Nobody blinks. It's so fucking. You don't even weird. need to call a press conference to do it. You
2: fucking. Tweet uh, you it. You do a tweet. Fuck <laughs> it. Instagram story like Drake. Who cares? OVO is no, canceled. And Drake's, in en- Drake's in enough hot water with Instagram as it is right now. Yeah. But anyway.
0: So sticking with football, I wanted to talk about this very briefly. Um,. I saw a couple things at the Argos game yesterday. So I was at the Argos game yesterday. And for those of you who don't know what the hell Argo is, uh, the Toronto Argonauts play for what is called the Canadian Football League, (laughs) which is kind of like bootleg uh, high school football, but like not as good as high school football. It's almost like uh, you're playing playground football when you're a kid and you don't totally understand the rules of football. And so you kind of just make up stuff as you go. And that's CFL football. The rouge. Like a rouge. <laughs> like we're just making up like, oh, I missed the field goal. Okay, we'll give you one point for trying. <laughs> That's Canadian football. So there's a couple things that I thought <laughs> were a little uh, hilarious and I think we worth talking about. So not necessarily CFL specific, um, but I did see two gentlemen walking by. Actually, before I get to that, there's, um, there's something else I noticed during this game that I, I sent to a bunch of my female friends, and they have confirmed this. There is a very specific outfit that girls wear during the summer that, like, every girl has. It's light wash jeans in some way with a white shirt of some description. Look out for this this summer. You will see this everywhere. I would say, like... 80% Eighty percent of the women in BMO Field yesterday was wearing some variation of light wash jeans and some variation of a, a white shirt. Well, that's a very
1: '90s thing, and everyone knows that the '90s are slowly bringing—they're coming their way back—in terms of a a fashion statement. Fashion. So, yeah, I think that's that's where that comes from. It's very, very '90s, yeah. very Kelly Kapowski. I've seen that all.
0: Yeah, i seen it all over TikTok of like people saying, "No, no, I went through the shit in the '90s. I'm not doing it again." <laughs> with these flared pants and these platforms, but it's High coming back, jeans, man. Anyways, yeah. so also fashion related i saw two gentlemen walking by and they're both wearing what's behind me here uh no one can see this but it's the blue the powder blue toronto blue jays jersey okay both of them wearing the powder blue jersey both of them had vladimir guerrero jr on the back and however one of them one of the two jerseys was definitely a different shade of blue and I'm like, that's the one from China. That's the one that James Key would have bought. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I am funny. telling you, James, I can spot these. Dude, my Zach,
1: b- my Zach doesn't look that off. Matt says it looks that off, but I actually put it up against another one. It doesn't look that off.
0: Actually, it's it it's look, negligible. It doesn't look that off. Honestly, I'm telling you, I can spot these things from a mile away. I'm going to show you mine after like the show jerseys.
1: on camera and you'll have to, you'll have to tell me if you can tell the difference, but um, are we, do you want to? Are we talking about the CFL here? Is that
0: what we're doing? <laughs> I'm getting there. So that was just one of the things I noticed at the Argos game. And I think there is a long form conversation about jerseys at some point, And, what uh, we don't have time for that today but like what should go on the back of your jersey what is allowed what's not allowed what's socially acceptable what's not socially acceptable and another thing that reminded me of this because i would see guys walking around in argo's jerseys and they'd have a name on the back and it would say like gage or clarkson and i'm thinking to myself i have no fucking clue I have no idea if that is a current Argos player, if that is an alumni Argos player, or, or if that's literally just their own last name. Like that is how disconnected I am from the Toronto Argonauts, right? I have no idea who anyone is. And that inherently comes to my point here. That's where I'm trying to get to is the problem with the CFL. And, and man, we don't have time to go into a deep conversation about this. But the other thing I, I sent to you guys, uh, I think I sent it to you last night. I took a screenshot of Score Mobile. And that's the app I use maybe because we're in Canada, but I think score mobile is a pretty popular sports app for everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. When the Argos game was happening, it said at the bottom, something like individual statistics will be tabulated at the end of the game. That is the most important thing about (laughs) watching football is for fantasy purposes You want to know how many yards your quarterback has thrown, how many touchdowns your wide receivers have caught, how many rushing yards your receivers have, how many picks your defense has. The fact that the CFL, and now maybe in other services, they have it up to the minute and it's updating, but if the most popular sports app doesn't have your minute-to-minute stats on it, you might as well not exist. And and in in a fantasy perspective, and we're talking football I would say the vast majority of play, of people who watch NFL football are watching because they have some sort of fantasy implication, and if they don't, they're just a significant they're a huge fan that they've been watching their home team for years. But for us in Toronto, no home team, we are fantasy football players, and for, to not have any any up to the up to the second stats, that's just a huge missed opportunity for the CFL, and I don't understand why they haven't fixed that.
2: Doesn't TSM push CFL fantasy tr- pretty hard, or try to make it a thing, like Fetch? In being, I mean,
0: I I hope they would, but like, who's using TSN to do kay. fantasy? So like, the real,
1: like all kidding aside, the CFL in and of itself is not a terrible game, right? Like in and of itself, it's not a bad game. It's fast paced. The field's more wide open. There are there's things about the hits are are massive, because you have to air the ball out because you only have three downs. So you have to gain more yardage. You can't just pound the ball up the middle, and and eat up yardage that way. There are like the the things to correct the CFL is like a five step program, and some have to come before others. But like the first problem is they they market the game terribly. And I think it's because they're so deathly afraid of the legion of CFL diehards that will disown the league if they make fundamental changes, right? So, like, getting rid of the fucking Rouge, right? Like, why does that exist, you know? Um, But there are things in the CFL that are much better than the NFL. The fair catch rule in the CFL is much better. Much, much better. Um... But there's this legion of diehard CFL fans that I think they're so afraid of losing. But if they're that diehard CFL fans, they're not going anywhere. Right? You know, they're not they're not gonna go anywhere. So I think you have to like streamline the game a little bit. And I think you have to find a way to to take the personalities in the game, or find the personalities in the game and put them on a pedestal and and, and use them to market your game. I mean the game was At least for me, was never more popular when we had guys like Flutie and Clemens, and uh, you know even Anthony Calvillo and uh, you know Tracy Ham. Like they were like I remember these guys because that was a time where it was exciting and it was you know and maybe Nathan Work is going to help that Canadian kid who's absolutely tearing up the league for the BC Lions. I'm acting like I watch a lot of CFL. I don't, uh, but I pay attention. Um, And then the other piece is like you said, they got to embrace uh the fantasy and and the in-game sports betting in canada and like really drive that home because it gives you vested interest in in watching um and then the last piece i think they have to expand they have to find a way to expand like it's not like the crossover is so fucking stupid you can be an absolutely shite team sorry east East Coast. coast yeah you can be an absolutely shite team and you somehow cross over and win. it's it. That's fucking embarrassing. I mean, almost as embarrassing as when there were two teams named rough riders. Like that was like, that's the kind of shit the CFL would do and try and play it off as okay. But, and then, you know, like that, you can't be taken seriously. So I think like the, the whole presentation around the CFL has to change and the whole feeling of it, like they really need to lean into the game is faster Heavier, like those are selling points. Show me highlights. Get me educated. Like, like get the get the football guy. Like Chris Berman used to do NFL Sunday. Loves CFL. Fucking get that guy. Pay that guy to educate I people. Love,
0: I would love to see some of the metrics of like how well the Fan Controlled Football League did, like in social media impressions and you know just how many people were talking about it and how many people were utilizing their app and how engaged their audience was because i would venture to guess there was more people engaged in fan control football watching on the zone and on twitch than regularly watch a TSN broadcast
1: Dude, fucking hire the the social media person from wendy's like whatever whatever you need to do to make the cfl relevant because like i said it's a it's a good game make your jerseys look like something i want to buy they're all fucking ugly like it, it's just i don't understand it's, like it's the, not
0: just the jerseys too like i think we talked about this before but the, like, it's logos, also the, the logos the are logos are everything just looks bushly like amateurly yeah i've seen it, it I've looks seen, like something you would have worn when you were a kid playing for your junior league team right
1: user created teams in ea sports games like look better than some of the stuff they have and and it feels like nobody at the top is doing anything about it and these dude, some of these things are things that literally cost zero dollars hey tell your teams to make better logos hey let's
2: i will get. Our... Say, i will say the old argos logo was pretty sick the dude with the helmet and the shield i loved was, that like, the, logo that was a sick logo
1: That was a great logo. The fucking boat looks stupid. I don't care what the history with the boat.
2: It looks stupid. I think the thing is, is the CFL also runs in the issue where the teams in the CFL just try to mimic some NFL teams like the Alouettes try to mimic the Patriots look. And then like their old Alouettes logo. Do you remember that? With the bird? Literally a rip off of the old New England Patriots style logo. Color scheme, the logo, everything. You can see the resemblance. Same with uh, Edmonton. Edmonton is just Packers North. Yeah. Right? Um, It's, I don't know, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Same thing. It's New York Jets color scheme. You know, and I know you can say, oh, well, there's only so much you can do with color schemes and whatever before it comes repetitive. Fine. But your logos don't have to come close. Yeah.
1: And I mean, like, the other thing they can do is find those markets like the Saskatchewan's, right? Like Matt said, go to the East Coast. They're starving for pro sports, starving for pro sports out there. You know, if Hamilton they can sell
2: out the Memorial Brad Myers, Cup. Brad Myers painting his face
1: out there. Hamilton Tie
2: Cats diehard. Like, but no, like if they can sell out a Memorial Cup in St. John, and get fifteen thousand people into that arena for the memorial cup you're telling me they can't get 15 to 18 thousand into a smaller-esque stadium for an east coast team and i get the logistics but then that's why you need
1: to have other teams to build like proper conferences and divisions right like have people go on trips like it's just you know it's 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 we don't have a ton of time to talk about this and it could be a whole but those are like my steps to making the cfl relevant and it it just needs some younger person in there willing to take risks. Because, like, what do you got to lose at this point? How many more fans are you going to sacrifice in Toronto, which should be your biggest market? Like, you know what I mean? What? Are you afraid to lose the t- the 48 people that show up in the, to BMO? Like, no, fuck. Take the chances, man. Like, now's the time.
2: We enough about the CFL. Hmm? said, I think we've talked enough about the CFL. <laughs> oh, it was made to be a joke, like a little fucking annoyance by Dustin turned into a die tribe from Jim. It just, well, there's so much... No,
1: you see, but there's potential. And I know we joke on it, but there's potential.
0: There absolutely is. And who knows? Maybe the CFL will be something we care about one day. But a lot of changes are going to have to happen before that does happen. And oh, boys, there are changes at WWE. And... I guess that officially ends our uh, sports portion, and we'll talk a bit about wrestling because this is an absolutely massive story that Vince McMahon has officially retired. And we saved it.
1: We saved it for you.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah, we were okay, going to talk well, about it
1: last week, and we might not. Let's save it for Dustin.
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack here, and we have about 20 minutes to unpack this. So I'm going to I'm going to try to make this as succinct as possible. Um, I, I'm still skeptical. Whether Vince is actually gone or not, he's supposedly retired, but I mean, his son in law is head of creative and head of talent relations, and his daughter is the, the co CEO and the chairwoman of the board. So uh, I'm not entirely convinced that he can't just pick up a phone and tell Hunter to do something. He's going to do it.
2: He's the shadow broker.
0: <laughs> but that being said, watching SummerSlam this past weekend was an absolute delight. And it feels like there are some changes already. For example, Michael Cole said the the forbidden word "fans." He said "fans," and I was like, "Holy shit!" They're talking like normal humans again. They're not just calling their fans the universe. Like the the universe is dead,
1: dude. He referenced the Hardys and like people that don't work for that company.
0: He had mentioned like when Jeff Jarrett came out, like he he got cut off. He said he had a busy weekend. He said he has a busy weekend coming up, and he's about to plug his match at another rival company the next night. It's like, holy shit, they're acknowledging that there is wrestling outside of WWE. Like, for so many years they have been in their universe echo and chamber like, yeah they're they're fan, they're in their own echo chamber and everything is in Vince McMahon's sandbox and anything that's outside of Vince McMahon's sandbox doesn't exist and they were talking like normal humans again and Michael Cole sounded like a normal broadcaster again and Corey Gravesium mentioned on commentary he's like wow Cole like this is so weird that you're allowed to have like a personality again <laughs> like what what is happening and so TV with that 14 it's, also
2: I mean yeah, supposedly that's coming.
0: that's coming soon as well. Um, I don't know. I'm hopeful. It it looks like things are I mean, Dakota Kai was there. Yeah.
1: Like, we're Vince living... fired
0: her like two two weeks ago and now Hunter's back and he's like, Well, I I'm, I'm just gonna rehire her and yeah. put her on TV. So well,
1: and we're living in Hiroshirai who wasn't there since WrestleMania last year or this year. Oh, there was okay.
0: talk of e- of EO going back to Japan and her just saying I'm just going to write out my contract and fuck this place. Yeah. But all of a sudden, yep, she's in a main position with Bailey and well she's EO Sky now. So EO Sky and Bailey and uh Dakota King, Kai are going together and doing so- Yeah.
1: King yeah,
0: Dakota Kai and EO Sky. It, yeah, is, but I don't
1: even think she's calling a- herself Dakota Kai. I think she's calling herself King Kota.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. So we can't get around that. We're still going to give people ridiculous names. No, every now and
1: then, right? I think, dude. I was thinking the same thing watching Summerslam. I was like, I tuned in because I wanted to see the first kind of attempt Vince at all show. of this. Yeah, and it was noticeable. Like yes, it, was, it was, it was definitely noticeable. Which, which to me says that it's it's real. Um, I think he's gone. I think. I think the perspective of, and this is the thing, you you say, like, for so long they lived in their own echo chamber, and it brings up quite an interesting concept. And it's something even, you know, I have no fucking stake in the game, so I'll say it's even something at Smash dealing with. Like, do you want to exist as the only gig in town, right? You said echo chamber. There's WWE Universe, there's nothing else. Fans, wrestling, all that stuff doesn't exist because here we're superstars and that's what it is, and there's the WWE Universe, whatever, right? do you want to be the only thing in a universe or do you want to be the best out of everything? And like WWE is always like, let's be honest, competition can come and go, but they're always gonna be, or they have the potential to be the best. I would much rather be the best and acknowledge everyone else, but know that I am 46 steps above you, than to be the only gang in town who's literally better than no one because no one else exists. Like, does that not make more sense?
0: Oh, there's so many things that, yes, would make more sense if they would just do it. But, I mean, they haven't for so long. But I think they will.
2: Because
1: we're in Triple H, and I firmly believe we're in Triple H, and Cody Rhodes is WWE now. I honestly think that this guy has a lot more pull than we even know in terms of the direction and... Feel Of the company I don't listen I don't think we're going back To NXT Black and gold For NXT But I think it's going to get Booked different I think You're going to see A lot of people come back I wouldn't I haven't watched Like Raw's already started I don't Johnny Gargano's looking for work I imagine Well I mean He's not in a rush to come back But I wouldn't doubt that He's Another guy Like I I would be interested To see who comes back Because it's very clear That they're They're interested in picking the the top players that are still available that they let go and bringing them back. So I would be interested. And how fucking cool is Edge, though, by the way?
0: <laughs> I kind of felt bad for him, to be honest. I thought it was cool. Like, well, okay, so what I mean by that is the, oh, the... whole Judgment Day thing, where I, I think that was like his idea, and he wanted to run with it, and they made that song with Alter Bridge that is like specifically for edge and then cody got hurt and they're like fuck we need a baby face <laughs> so sorry got edge, for taking the you stick. away from this thing
1: because judgment day is as a concept is kind of dumb
0: like he got it the better end of the, but he got the better end of the stick so why do you feel bad he got a mix of well, a I feel bad because i think it was his idea and i think he wanted to go with it and then when you know when cody got hurt he was forced to turn baby face and this is what happened like it's just it's just weird to me when i see balor and priest and rhea come into the ring with edge's music i'm like this is just weird
1: yeah it is a little bit odd but i will say also um and i forgot where it's gonna go with that all that's right well edge is
0: back so that is cool um it, there are starting to see some stars on this show again which is something they've been missing for some time. And last night was the Ric Flair last match. And oh boy, was that uh, tough to see? But fortunately, he's still alive. So that's great. I'm glad Rick is still still breathing after doing that. But what was funny was sitting front row at the end of that match, or I guess during the main event, was Mick Foley and The Undertaker And and Bret Hart. And I'm like, there's more stars at this event than there was at SummerSlam. But That's, I think, Triple H's biggest issue right now is to create stars. Because when the news came down that Vince McMahon is retiring, supposedly Brock Lesnar was like, fuck this place, I'm leaving. And if Brock Lesnar goes, and you have Roman Reigns as a part-time guy, and you have Bill Goldberg as a part-time guy, what are you left with? And that is now going to be the challenge of Triple H. And Stephanie's to figure out how to create new stars for this company and I think there are people ready for it I think Austin Theory is ready for it I think Montez Ford has money written all over him if they just get him in a position to be that guy I think obviously Cody is in that position when he comes back I think MJF could be that guy I don't doubt that he is headed that way So I think there's potential there. I think there, I mean, obviously, Rex Steiner is a guy. But
1: there's more guys that are available to you now to be stars because of the positioning of the company. Instead of trying to cultivate these non... Like, I know there was always the the difference between do we take these guys who know how to work and try and reteach them a WWE way? Or do we take these specimens of physicality and and try and teach them to be sports entertainers to be honest i think it depends on again who's at the top i think if it's triple h's way it's easier to teach guys who know how to work how to do wwe stuff because you're not teaching them to be vince wwe guys right like you're teaching them to be a different kind of hybrid like as opposed to it just can, being it- like fucking Kane, right
0: Yes, it can work both ways, and I think we saw a good example, two good examples of that last night working, or not last night, Saturday night working, where it's someone who doesn't know wrestling, but they're a personality, and we made them wrestlers. And that's Pat McAfee, and that's Logan Paul.
1: Logan and Paul was fucking those guys,
0: legit. Logan Paul is incredible, and uh, you know, when we talk about baseball, we talk about five-tool guys, and like they can they hit for power, hit for contact, they got speed, they got an arm, and they have. Uh, I'm missing one. Whatever. Like if you're that. <laughs> very commonly thrown around in baseball be a five tool guy logan paul is a five tool wrestler six tool he has it all he has a following
1: too he's a six tool yeah. guy like that's the he's thing a <laughs> he's, he's a six tool guy um so we added another tool but like he's logan paul's performance solo so he wasn't even well not solo because i mean the miz was still the general and calling that match for sure but yeah his ability to seamlessly transition makes him the greatest WWE superstar possibly of all time. It's possible
0: he's in the con- he's in the conversation with Kurt Angle of the guys who took it from nothing and turned it into greatness but in such a short period of time.
1: When you yeah, when you want when you when you think about everything a WWE superstar should be or what they've wanted for the last twenty years, he's it.
0: Yep, like he's all of it. He's got he's got speed. He's got size. He has a look. He can has talk. The promo. He's he's got every, he's got the timing. He's got everything. Dude, uh,
1: the balls so, did the frog splash table crazy.
0: That was one of the coolest looking frog splashes in the business today. Clean and he as is fuck. A guy who's had two professional matches. Clean as fuck. So a guy like Logan Paul deserves a shout out, and this is the time of the show where we talk about our shout outs, James. Shout shout. yes the favorite part of our program where we shout out anyone or anything that has entertained us or that we have an affinity for over the past week over the past life that we've had whatever we want to talk about james we'll start with you what is your shout out this week
1: dude I, we kind of like went through like <laughs> probably all six of mine uh throughout the show and, and talking about them like there's so many that we could have gone through um i can't I can't pick anything specific now, uh, but I'm going to go back and probably reach into the bag. And I'm just going to give a shout out. You know what? I'm going to continue the conversation. I'm going to give a shout out to Logan Paul. And I'm going to tell you why he was not winning people over in the build to this feud. Like, I think people still were like, you know, fuck Logan Paul. Like he's still Logan Paul. He's still an outsider, whatever. Uh, He got booed on his way to the ring. And I give credit to whoever was the agent for that match because they understand fundamentally how to win these people over. And it's to show it's the same way Shane McMahon got over. It's the same way bad bunny got over. You do things that no one is expecting you to do and you earn people's respect. And that like, it's the frog splash. No one expected him to jump clean from the top to the outside through the announce table with the cleanest frog frog splash like that like i'm talking clean like he landed perfectly and that's not Miz moving it's that his judgment of distance height and speed was better than pros that i've seen do it for years um and for him to come in and embrace that and to take it seriously enough shows that you know respect can go both ways for an outsider so i don't know how often he'll be around but like Again, he's a, he's a needle mover for that company. I will tune in anytime Logan Paul's a part of it because I want to see, A, how well he's going to do, and I want to see what he's going to do because he was booked as a baby face, which is also really fucking weird, right? To have a guy come in like this and be booked as a baby face, and to, like, that is tough task.
2: So my shout-out goes to Logan Paul.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he did a great job. Maddie. what about you?
2: I was going to say, you go ahead, Dustin. You were off for two weeks.
0: Okay, uh, so mine is I, I probably should have made it Josh Alexander But we've already talked about him So my shout out is one that I've had in the bank A little while and I said I'll break it out every, When I need it And this is someone that no one knows I guarantee you guys have no idea who this is This shout out goes to Steak Bentley Who the fuck is Steak Bentley? Steak Bentley is a YouTuber And he did this YouTube video On Metal Gear Solid 4 And has like 3 million views and then he like left YouTube and never did. It. And he didn't do a video for like another year. This guy honestly must have spent hundreds of hours doing this video. It's called Metal Gear Solid Four was a mistake. It is a three and a <laughs> half hour essay on why Metal Gear Solid Four maybe isn't the best video game ever. And if you like the game, he tries to explain why it's not so great. And if you don't like the game, maybe he shows you some things about the game that is worth liking. It is an awesome essay. If you're a fan of the Metal Gear Solid series, you owe it to yourself to watch this video. Obviously, play Metal Gear Solid 4 first, but watch this video. And actually play Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> and then watch this video. It is hilarious. I watch it every so often, like in the background when I'm like <laughs> working out or like cooking or something. Like I'll just have steak on in the background talking about Metal Gear because I love Metal Gear and him talking about it is just hilarious to me. So my shout out goes to Mr. Steak Bentley.
2: Dustin's grilling you, steak with steak in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, do you watch Steak Bentley while grilling steak? I mean, it has happened in the past. It's Inception, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's Steakception. That's uh, that's next level of, I guess, meta-ness. I don't know. Is that a thing?
0: I don't know. But Maddie, you have about four minutes to do your shout out.
2: Honestly, mine's not going to take that long. Um, mostly because now that it's, you know, kind of pretty out there um, and things like that. Uh, I'm going to preface this. And Dustin kind of let it slip a little earlier, I think, unintentionally. But uh, Oh,
0: my bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shout out to my future kid. Um, <laughs> we found out we're going to be having a daughter. Uh, I'm very scared. I'm very nervous. Um, this is fate punishing me from the ages of 20 to 25. Um, you know, and I had this conversation with a friend and they were saying, you know, it's one thing to have a guy to have a daughter who was kind of like living under a rock. And for lack of a better term, like a bookworm, never really had a social life and, you know, kind of dated a girl, married her. And it's kind of the only relationship or male female dynamic that he might've had. Speaking of my specific situation, obviously people can have kids adoption, whatever, but, and to not have the awareness of what guys can be like in the world, she's like, the good thing is, is she, she was like, you know how guys can be, you've seen it through sports, you've seen it through your friendships, you not necessarily that your friends have been bad, but you just see, you know, especially, you know, growing up in those kind of atmospheres, what can be, so she's like, you're better equipped to protect her than the nerdy guy who's only, you know, dated one girl, married her, had a kid, and that was their life. Um, So that was kind of comforting looking at it from that perspective. Um, The other perspective is that we got a lot of free stuff because (laughs) my wife's, all her friends had daughters. So, like, every one of them, and obviously my brother. So, you know, there's a lot of shit that we are you know, kind of being very, very lucky and fortunate that are being given to us as you know things to help. So, that's uh, I guess so. Yeah, to my future kid and the wife and all that shit, big step. And that's my shout out this week.
1: Quickly, we have like two minutes left. Do an abridged version of the Kijiji story you told me earlier oh, because okay. it's worth going <laughs> so- into
2: secondary shadows to my buddy uh who will remain nameless because i don't know but uh one day we were moving stuff up from uh from my condo because it was two people moving into one and we didn't have enough space so we put a bunch of stuff up at my wife's place so we rented the u-haul drove it up there and my friend was trying to get a get a couch for his place so i called him when i was on the way back and was like hey i know you're trying to get a couch you didn't have any way to move it i have the truck still till like nine o'clock tonight do you want me to come help you do the couch?" He's like, oh, that'd be great. Let's go. So I pick him up. We drive over to this place. We park the truck. I was like, where is it? And I was like, are we going to like Home Depot or something? He's like, no, I got it from Kijiji. We're going up to this guy's place. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So we knock on this door and we walk into this guy's apartment. And his like mom and dad are sitting there eating dinner, watching TV I'm like, where's the couch, right? Like in my head. And so he looks at it and my guy goes, yeah, so here's the couch. They're sitting on it. So we're in there, watching watch TV. And my buddy goes, you know what? I'll give you 700. He's like, I know you listed it for like nine. He's like, I'll give you seven. I was like, wait, you haven't even settled yet? And the guy's like, well, no, it's a good condition, blah, blah, blah. So then uh, he did end up settling, getting the couch. Best part was is it's is just we kick this family off their couch. <laughs> that's
0: so ridiculous.
2: Yeah. We just kidding, said, okay, get the fuck off the couch. We're taking this. And then, yeah, that's, that's my funny Kijiji story, just kicking a family off their couch.
0: All right, and James is kicking us off the air. That's going to do it for us on this week's episode of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week for episode 17.